1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance and the USA Wealth Group alongside Phil Paleologos. Get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. It certainly does. It's Sunday morning and it's a tradition now. You turn on the radio and there they are, the the family Lances. Uh, we were joking just before the uh, show here. It's like the family Von Trapp. Isn't that right, Captain? <laughs> I, I guess it would be like the family Von Trapp or the Munsters. I'm not sure which. <laughs> Brought to you by USA Wealth Group and all the good that you do in our community. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Money Wise. Brought to you every Sunday morning at this time by USA Wealth Group. And this morning, we're pleased to have with us Attorney Tenny Lance, who's a specialist in real estate matters and Medicaid matters and estate planning matters, wills, trusts, powers of attorney, all those good things. Welcome, Tenny. Well, welcome uh, to you. I'm glad to be here. Good morning. She's the mightiest attorney on the planet. She is. Tiny Tenny, we call her. <laughs> Tiny Tenny. She packs a powerful punch. And then with us also... And his uh, semi-bearded wisdom is Peter Lance, our progeny, one of our progeny. Look it up in your... People just listen to this and and feel my pain for what I've had to put up with for all these years. (laughs) No, just write that little word down and put it in your lunchbox and look it up in your dictionary. I'm surprised you didn't start out by saying you are 17 going on 18 or something. Oh, no, no, no. No, you you are an extremely mature personage and um, mom and I are actually very proud of you Pete so and we're we're happy to have you with us on the show this morning thank you good morning good morning everyone I was just thinking this morning you're starting to look more like Abraham Lincoln every day because you don't have a mustache per se but you got more of the beard on the side he has a very big problem with the the beard growth that I have and I don't ever let it get long I shave it uh, every few weeks I just let it go a little bit and then shave it again but I get nothing but nonstop comments about it from him well you're I mean you're a good-looking guy Pete but you are really a good-looking guy when you're fully shaved yeah tell my wife that <laughs> <laughs> we're of a different generation right yes we are a different generation we are the baby boomers of yesteryear or something. Everyone from 15 to probably 45 is growing a beard if they can at this point. I know, but doesn't that make everybody look exactly the same? Didn't you all have the duck tail, uh, what do they call it, the haircut? The Yes, of course, but that's when I was like 15. And, well, you all had no, and all the people in their 20s had the same, you know, little uh, duck haircut with the greased slicked back and the white t-shirts Phil's Let's over here misogyn is here well that <laughs> was wild the root. subject matter of the day I just brought to you by brill cream <laughs> <laughs> a little dabble do you <laughs> but I have to say one more comment and that is that I think today a lot of people really have a search for meaning and a search for identity and it's why people go to church. It's why people join organizations. It's why people put stickers on their cars. Um, people need to belong to a community, a group, or an organization. And today, you know, when life is so difficult and there's so much stress, it's even more important to have some search for identity, I think. My philosophy for today, Pete. 
Words of wisdom. Thank you. Words of wisdom. Well, today we're going to talk about real estate, ladies and gentlemen. We will have a topic to talk about today. And um, there was a really interesting article just recently in the New Bedford Standard Times. And it's also on South Coast Today. And it says, New Bedford's housing market finally surges. This is just four or five days ago. This was in the paper. Real estate prices and sales skyrocketed in New Bedford in 2017, with 2018 appearing to continue on this upward trend. And right now, New Bedford is ranked number six in the state of Massachusetts as the hottest Massachusetts town of 2017 in terms of housing market growth. So that's pretty interesting, and I think we've experienced that a little bit. Tenny, let me take you back um, a number of years. Do you remember when we bought our first house? Oh, I do, and I'm not sure where you're going with this. (laughs) Well, there's two places we're going with it. First of all, do you remember what we paid for our first house in Mattapoisett way back around 1970? I do. Uh, it was about twenty thousand. Yeah, it was like twenty one thousand seven hundred dollars. We paid for a three bedroom, one and a half bath house, nice little ranch house on a quarter acre of land on the end of a dead end street. It was a lovely little house for our first house. Yes. And what's remarkable about that, ladies and gentlemen, is that we only paid twenty one thousand seven hundred dollars for this house. We should have kept it and never sold it. <laughs> Because today that very house would probably sell for $350,000. But the really fascinating part of that story is that we paid only $21,700 for a house, and that was approximately what our combined total income was that year. And if you were doing the same comparison today with a house that's worth three fifty, you're not going to buy a house with $350,000 of income. You're not going to have $350,000 of income. That's a true measure of what inflation has done. So inflation is a real problem, and it's going to get worse. But what happens in the housing market right now is that real estate prices have gone up. And, Tenny, do you remember what happened when we went to the bank to make the application with what was then New Bedford Institution for Savings? Oh, I tell the story a lot. And your income was actually higher than my income was at the time. Do you remember that? Yes, I had been working for the years that you were in law school, so I had some uh, longevity at my job, and therefore I had a a higher pay level than you did. And uh, we went to New Bedford Institution for Savings when it was on the corner of Union and and, um, Purchase, and we sat down and talked with the loan officer and made out the application, and he looked at me and said, well, I'm sorry, ma'am, but I... I don't think we can consider your income because you might get pregnant. Those were the days, my friends. <laughs> Those were the exact words. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so you can't do that today, but that was the climate. That was the economic climate back then. And um, so, anyway, that was our first house. So once upon a time I told Tenny, you know, every time we had bought and sold a house, and we've had a number of houses over the years wouldn't it have been nice if we had just gone on to buy the new house and kept the old house and rented out the old house instead and we'd have several millions of dollars worth of real estate right now i know a lot of people that have done that but a lot of people can't do that because you need the equity in the house you're selling to go and buy the new house that you're buying but um new bedford housing market finally surges 
It's very much a seller's market. Uh, it has been for about a year now, and uh, almost anything that goes on the market, if it's priced, you know, fairly reasonably, uh, will be under agreement almost instantly. So part of the reason is because consumer confidence is very high, and um, Linda Silvera, I've met her before from Gold Star Realty, was quoted in the paper saying, right now it's the highest amount of consumer confidence I've seen in the last 30 years. That can change overnight, but for the time being right now, it's it's a difficult time to purchase a house because prices are going up. And um, I commend this article to you if you want to uh, take a look at it. The last time we saw a uh, seller's market like this with really high uh, property prices was uh, 2004 to 2000, the beginning of 2006. Uh, and then the housing market fell off sharply, and that's what happened with the, the market in 2008. So here's a companion article that I took out of the Wall Street Journal just this past week. Uh, it's a front-page story. Rising mortgage rates pose test for U.S. housing market. So although real estate prices are going up, mortgage interest rates are also going up. And what that's going to do, that's going to have a dampening effect on people's ability to purchase. It means they'll qualify for a lesser mortgage, a smaller mortgage. And basically it says right now the rate for a 30-year fixed rate mortgage rose to 4.46%. So I can remember even just a few months ago, it was under 4%. Now, this is approaching almost to 5%. That's the highest in more than four years, and it's the ninth consecutive week of increases in the mortgage market. So the moral of the story is if you're looking to buy a house right now, expect to pay a higher price and expect to pay more for your mortgage. And you're going to have to do some shopping around. And all three of us are uh, real estate brokers, uh, not real estate agents, but actually brokers. Uh, and a lot of people may not realize that. We do mention from time to time that we do real estate with USA Realty Group uh, in-house in our office. And uh, we really are uh, a one-stop shop. We're also realtors. Yes. And the realtors belong to uh, a particular organization and have a particular code I want to come back to the mortgage rate for one minute. At the beginning of this year, and right now we're just in the middle of April, you know, beginning of April really, if we're looking at a 30-year fixed rate mortgage average of 4.46%, at the beginning of this year it was 3.95%. So that's a three-quarter percent increase just since the first of the year. That's something to be concerned about. And if you are thinking about buying, you ought to try to lock in as soon as you can lock in or maybe borrow some money from a family member if you can to have a larger down payment and therefore a lower interest rate but lots of interesting things happening right now in the market the federal reserve has already announced that they're going to have a process of gradually increasing interest rates which is now going to come back down into the housing market as well so that may have a depressing or cooling impact on the housing market. But, you know, real estate is still important and always will be important. This is my most important quotation for the day. You have to guess who said this. It's tangible. It's solid. It's beautiful. It's artistic from my standpoint, and I just love real estate. His first name is Donald. Donald. Oh. Yes. Donald Trump. 
Whoa. So now that you know it's Donald Trump, I'm going to read it to you again really quickly. It's tangible. It's solid. It's beautiful. It's artistic from my standpoint, and I just love real estate. Donald Trump. <laughs> it sounds like him. But we're talking about real estate. We're not talking about other things. So just um, – um, Mark Twain, of course, I think said. Your time's up. <laughs> Mark Twain said, "Buy land. They're not making it anymore." Indeed. All right. So that's my first quotation for the day. I thought it would be appropriate to begin with that one. So we've talked about mortgage rates going up. We've talked about prices going up and the real estate market getting tighter. I don't have any paper in front of me, but I do remember just a few weeks ago that. Governor Baker in Massachusetts announced that we need to create 50,000 new housing units in Massachusetts. Yeah, I remember reading that. And um, even that doesn't seem like enough right now. And Boston market is is crazy. If you have to buy property in Boston right now, you're going to be paying four or five times what you're paying on average in the New Bedford area. So we are still a bargain in this area, aren't we? Yeah, and it's different just in certain areas. I mean – South Dartmouth is more expensive than North Dartmouth. You know, the closer you are to pay an arm to the water, the more value there is in, in the home prices. And uh, Dartmouth and Westport are typically higher than uh, New Bedford, unless you're talking far north end. There's some uh, areas in the far north end that are very desirable. Um, and then there's also a big difference between um, private single-family homes and commercial homes, uh, commercial uh, property. So what are some of the reasons why people should still buy real estate? Well, real estate is not going anywhere. As you said, the good Lord is not making any more land. Um, So it's pretty clear that real estate values, although they may vary somewhat, are not going to uh, drastically drop as you might find happen in uh, an investment like Wall Street stocks. Well, why people are eager to buy real estate or especially a, a home for themselves is, you know, who really wants to have a landlord? You know, they they want to have their own home and it's the American dream to go out and buy your own home. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the fact that uh, rental properties are very hard to come by, uh, especially in Dartmouth right now. I know there's a bunch of people that are looking for uh, rentals, apartments, and very, very little on the market. And there's restrictions to those. I mean, one of my friends has a small cat and, you know, having a hard time just to find a landlord willing to have one pet. Uh, And also rental prices are high. You're talking about an apartment for $1,200, $1,300, as much as $1,500 a month in Dartmouth. You know, you can almost pay a, a home mortgage with that. Sure. Absolutely. The, the apartment complex that is near where Ray and I live um, have rental rates that I believe start at 1600 for a two-bedroom. Mm-hmm. So. Well, the approved rate right now for veterans housing in apartments, as long as utilities are being furnished uh, with the apartment, heat and electricity, is in the $1,600 range. That's what the government's willing to pay and subsidize. So these are high figures. But home prices in general are continuing to appreciate. Over the long term, it's a, a safe investment. Uh, millennials need places to raise their own families and their own children. So supply is down, rents are high, and um, demand is up. Demand is up. So still think about looking at houses. And if you want some some help, um, any of us, 
uh, Peter, Tenny, or myself can help you. We can answer questions. Tenny can structure things from the legal side, and we're going to come to that in a minute. We're not appraisers, but we do have a very good uh, hand on what real estate values are. Uh, and an example of that, I think I mentioned this about six months ago, uh, there was a client who came to us with a proposal from uh, a fairly well-known real estate company, and um, basically they pr- uh, provided him with a proposal to sell his cottage uh, for $80,000 and expected that he would receive between seventy and 75000 I did my own research and uh, went back about five years, and I told him I thought that the house was worth about $140,000. And he wanted to get rid of it very quickly, so he said, list it for exactly $140,000, and in under a month, we had a full-price offer. Wow. So I basically made him an extra $60,000, or almost double uh, what he would have listed it for with the other company. Yep, that's a great story. It really is. Uh, Tenny, how does somebody reach you if they have questions on the legal side? You can call our office at 508-998-8800, and we'd be pleased to talk with you about anything related to real estate. I find real estate fascinating because it's, it's, uh, it's legal, but it's also a sort of a game. It's, it's, um, there's a limitation on how much is out there. There's um, the excitement of what a house might hold if you go to look at it. Oh, I wonder what room that might be. And it's just a very exciting realm, I think. Phil, would you like to have another Trump quotation? Mm. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Donald Trump said, well, real estate is always good as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but it's not only Donald Trump, it's Ivana Trump said, I made a tremendous amount of money on real estate. I'll take real estate rather than go to Wall Street and get a 2.8% return. Forget about it. Absolutely. (laughs) Forget about it. Forget about it. So, um, yes, even the the rich and famous get involved in real estate. And I'm going to share some other quotes in a few minutes. Uh, I've got many quotes. I probably have... 300 quotes on real estate this morning, ladies and gentlemen. Now that's exciting. Hey, Peter, maybe we should do the whole show with just real estate quotes. Heaven help us. <laughs> so, well, Tony, let's say somebody is looking at a house. Um, what are some of the recommendations you would make before they go to look at a house? Well, they ought to get a sense of the neighborhood. They ought to get a sense of what the values are. Um, that are are occurring in that particular area, they certainly ought to have a sense of what they think they can afford. They Good. might want first to go to a bank and become pre-qualified for a mortgage, so they have a very good sense of, of what they can uh, commit themselves to. That's and, a really important point. Let's yes. Let's say that there's an open house on a particular piece of real estate, and today a lot of properties are opening for sale, and they're not showing the property, but they're going to open up instead on the first weekend of listing with an open house to generate interest and to see what's going to happen. So let's say that three people go to the open house, and one of them comes in and has a letter from a bank that shows that they're pre-qualified for a mortgage, and the other two don't, and they all make a full-price cash offer. Who do you suppose the seller is going to select? Well, if it's a full-price cash offer, then That's any true. one of the three. <laughs> Doesn't doesn't usually happen. But 
<laughs> but I had that very thing happen in our office. Our, our client had three offers, <laughs> exactly that. And uh, one person had a pre-qualification letter with them. And so she accepted that particular offer, knowing that there was not going to be any trouble down the line about, oh, gosh, I have to come down on the price because I can't mortgage that much. I'll add to that, and there are certain circumstances I've seen where an offer is declined even if there are no other offers on the table because they don't have the pre-approval letter. Mm-hmm. Right. And actually, sometimes when you're showing a house, um, it's an, it can be an appropriate question for the showing broker to ask somebody, are you already pre-qualified for financing? I saw an ad recently. It's one of these featured homes in the Saturday Standard Times, and I think it was $1.6 or $1.9 million house in Dartmouth. And I thought, and they were going to have an open house, and I thought, how are they going to screen people? What if you have a whole bunch of people who have no ability to buy this house? They just want to go see this beautiful house on the water. You know, Maybe you ought to have a way to screen out some people. So anyway, get get pre-qualified if you can, absolutely. We are on um, the MLS website almost every day just because it's interesting. Um, and you would be amazed at the number of houses that have gone over the $1 million asking price mm-hmm. in our area. Right. It's just incredible. Well, right now we have a lot more renters. Not everybody can afford to buy a house. There are a number of first-time homebuyer programs, and we'd be happy to acquaint you with some of those. There are also federal government programs that can have very low or no down payments, like qualified veterans can often purchase a house with no down payment. You can get an FHA loan with as little as a 3% down payment, and the state has first-time homebuyer programs. Once in a while, the city of New Bedford runs a, a housing clinic for first-time homebuyers, and those are always good to look at. Uh, If you're thinking about buying, it's a useful thing to do because you can get some idea what the market's like and what should you be doing to get prepared. I guess at a minimum, Pete, you probably should look at your own credit history and your own credit report too, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to be realistic. If you're seriously considering purchasing a home, you have to you know, know what your credit score is. Uh, you have to know what your income is, uh, what your uh, debts are, because that's all things that are going to be considered for approval or uh, decline of a mortgage. And I guess a lot of times today, if you're thinking about buying a new house, you want to make sure that you may have a buyer lined up for your old house as well. So there's lots of things to think about. Tenny, let's come back to some of the legal steps for a minute. We're talking with attorney Tenny Lance from Lance Law, Inc. You're at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. And your phone number is 508-998-8800. But let's say somebody wants to make an offer on the house. I guess the first piece of paper is an offer to purchase. Yes, people don't really realize um, the kind of uh, regular process that goes into buying property. You want to start with an offer, and that essentially establishes that the price is acceptable to both parties and maybe some conditions like the amount of the mortgage and so forth. But the offer is um, or should be quickly translated into a purchase and sale agreement that has much more detail, much more legality about the um, the 
uh, arrangement that you've made between buyer and seller. So there's some magic language you might want to put in the offer form then, which is a very simple sentence. You put in what the most important terms are, like it's subject to getting an 80% mortgage or it's subject to a home inspection. Um, But the magic sentence you might want to put in the offer is, this offer is subject to both parties agreeing to all the terms of a purchase and sale contract within 10 days. It's an out. So if you have some disagreement, you can't come to terms on something, you can get out of the deal. Yes, the uh, the purchase and sale usually goes back and forth uh, between an attorney for the buyer and an attorney for the seller. Um, I do want to point out, without offending my realty friends out there, that this is a legal contract, and brokers really should not be relied upon to put together a purchase and sale agreement. Well, they're they not are supposed not attorneys. To. Yeah, they're not supposed to. Well, we're going to talk about some of the other legal issues when you go to buy a house, and maybe when you go to an open house, you might even want to have an offer sort of pre-filled out before you go there so that you can put the offer down on the table with a check if you need to. I keep forms uh, in my vehicle uh, for that purpose in case anybody, buyer or seller, needs anything. Sure. Um, And I suppose we should give out our phone number in case anybody has any questions and would like to uh, give us a call. It's 508-998-8858. Right. We're going to come right back after a short break and talk some more specifically about things you need to know when you're getting ready to buy or sell a house. Please stay tuned. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to MoneyWise. Every Sunday morning, we're so thrilled. I can't see you out there, but I know you can hear me. And you can hear our wonderful guest, uh, Peter Lance. Thank you for being here, Pete. Good morning. Good morning again, everyone. You know what's interesting? Something popped up in my Facebook memories. Um, for those of you who don't have Facebook, it's uh, it basically shows everything that you posted throughout the years on today's date. And this is our six-year anniversary. Wow. Six years of being on the radio. Really? Today? Yep. Wow. Hot ticket. We had our five-year anniversary exactly a year ago, if you remember that show. Yeah. We had everyone from the office in there. That's right. I'd forgotten about that show that we did last year when everybody came in. Yes. Yep. Well, it's amazing. Time goes by it when you're having fun. It certainly does. Well, with that, How I want to come not over. Have fun with all these quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Just think, if I had saved all these quotes, I could do my own quote book now, couldn't I? We have joked around about doing an entire show with just quotes. <laughs> Actually, I think that would be a good idea. That's two, what two most people listen Two roads diverged in a yellow wood. <laughs> sorry, I could not travel. Well, also, of course, with us this morning is Attorney Tenny Lance. Good morning again, everyone. I'm glad to be here. She's my uh, partner, and she's my ball and chain, and <laughs> she's a saint for putting up with you. She who would be listened to. <laughs> I didn't really mean that, Tenny, but welcome and thank you for being on the show with us. It's always good. Thank you. So we're I'm gonna biased, delve. but she's a wonderful, wonderful woman. Yeah, you're just prejudiced. You. She's the best mother you ever had. <laughs> this oh, could wait go a minute. on and on. She's the only mother you ever had. <laughs> All right, let's rein this back in. All right. Thank you, Peter. Thank you for your comments. Now, Tenny, let's come back and talk about some of the legal steps in buying and selling a house. You really want to be represented. I can't say this enough. I say it all the time. 
When you buy a house, when you sell a house, it's the largest single financial transaction that most people do. If you don't have an attorney involved representing you, um, you're asking for trouble. And we have seen agreements blow up. We've seen disputes over deposits. Um, you need to be represented by counsel. And if not, then you're taking, you're taking a great risk. Absolutely. Certainly brokers are very well informed. They're very helpful. They're very useful in the whole process. But they are not attorneys, and they don't um, have the knowledge of uh, legal documents and all those other sorts of things that, that you need. Um, the purchase and sale agreement is incredibly important. It talks about whether or not uh, there is a mortgage contingency and what the dates are for all of that, the time, as as it's called in the PNS, the time for performance, which is the day that you will sign all the documents and close the deal. Um, all kinds of things get put into the purchase and sale to protect the people who are parties to it. And the dates are really important in a purchase and sale contract. If it says that you can have a right to have the house inspected in 10 days. Well, if you don't have it inspected in 10 days and you do it in the 12th day, you may have waived your right to complain if there are defects in the house and you may have waived your ability to terminate the contract. So you got to pay attention to the dates. And by the way, uh, I know, Tenny, that you in your office, if somebody wants to buy a house, even getting the parties together to sign the contract is extremely time sensitive and you don't want to delay on it. I know it's your policy to get a purchase and sale contract out within 24 hours ready to go as a draft to be discussed. And ask your own attorney that because I think any attorney has the ability to do that and should be able to get the contract out quickly. Frankly, people change their minds about things. So you really want to make sure, let's say you're the buyer, you want to make sure you get the seller tied up on a contract or the other way around is that same thing if you're selling a house you want to make sure the buyer is going to be committed so you don't lose another potential buyer time is of the essence yes that usually goes into the contract that's right that is wording in the contract isn't it yep so when you look at your contract it's going to say time is of the essence that means what it says. You've got to pay attention to the dates. Especially these days. We see all the time, as we've said before, that properties go on the market in the morning. They're tied up with a P&S by afternoon. It's really incredible. Right. By the way, the median home price right now in Massachusetts, according to February uh, data, is $388,300. Now, that's influenced quite a bit by the Boston and greater Boston market. Absolutely. But as you know, all of the suburbs that uh, touch on greater Boston are daughters in Rentham, for example. And my goodness, the prices up there are incredible. I don't know where people are getting the funds to buy these houses, but they're McMansions. They're just huge and expensive. The other thing is happening in the, in the greater Boston area and all the suburbs around in the 128 belt, of course, is that there's huge job growth taking place. And so job growth means people need a place to live, and the real estate market is reacting accordingly. Downtown Boston is very expensive right now as a place to live. Um, you know, a 
quarter of a million dollars would probably buy you a closet <laughs> to live in. I'd probably buy you a parking place associated yeah, well, with your that's closet. Probably too. <laughs> True. Um, what happens? I wonder now if you have gone through bankruptcy, can you buy a house again? Absolutely. Uh, it's typically suggested that you have to wait about seven years before you can um, buy another house. But I will tell you that. In the past, I've seen clients that have gone through bankruptcy and two years later purchase another house. Interesting. So don't assume that maybe because you went through bankruptcy, uh, foreclosure is a little tougher, I know, because a bank is going to be a little bit more reluctant if you've had a house go through foreclosure. And that's, but it's not impossible. So you need to look and you need to inquire. So, Tenny, uh, let's say that purchase and sale contract has been signed. The next step typically is within about a 10-day period, you're going to have a home inspection take place. Yes. um, I'm sort of disturbed by the process that I've seen happening out there now. A lot of inspections are being done before the PNS is signed, and I don't think that's really protective for either the seller or the the buyer. Um, It's always been traditional that the inspection takes place after the PNS is signed, there's language in the PNS that protects the seller if anybody trips over a light cord during a, a, an inspection process. And it also sets forth what you do with that inspection after it's completed if there are things in it that are not acceptable to you. It would set forth, for example, that um, within a certain period of time you have to tell the seller that it's not acceptable and whether they will fix it or whether you're just going to reject the property. Or you could renegotiate the price and have a credit, which is another process that you could go through. But if the inspection reveals things that aren't correct or need to be fixed, need to be taken care of, you would have the option or the ability to get out of the contract and terminate it. That's right. The purchase and sale says the time that you have Usually the inspection report has to be turned over to the seller so they can uh, recognize the things that are wrong with their property. But there is a time limit, and you have to formally notify the seller that you are um, ending that contract at this point in time for that reason. So if you're going to terminate the contract because of negative factors in the inspection report, and you get a time period to do that, and let's assume that you do that, then it raises the question of now the seller has a copy of an inspection report that shows what all the defects are, and so does the broker. So I wonder what the obligation is now on the part of the broker in dealing with the next buyer. Exactly. It's probably a little bit too in-depth conversation for today because it gets involved in litigation. Right. But does the seller... Or does the seller acting through their agent broker have an obligation now to either fix these things for the next prospective buyer or to somehow disclose them? What if the agent knows something in that inspection report and then the next innocent buyer comes along and chooses not to do an inspection? Um, I'm wondering if people don't have some responsibility later for not having disclosed clear defects. Well, that probably is more in-depth than we want to go today. But, Mm. yes, absolutely an issue for the broker. But it might be a good warning for uh, sellers or prospective sellers who could be listening today 
Maybe what you should do if you have a buyer that backs out because of a bad inspection report, maybe the seller ought to give some serious thought to fixing as many of those things as they can, first of all, so that it won't pop up on somebody else's inspection, but secondly, so that there may not be liability later. I don't know the answer to that, but if I were a seller looking at that kind of a report, I'd want to go through and fix as many things as possible or disclose them and say, we'll give you a credit and you accept them as they are, which is something else you could do, right? Absolutely. You can buy a property as is. And when you do, you are accepting whatever the the uh, condition of that property is. Is it have if a leaky pipe or um, rodents in the attic? Then <laughs> you got them. <laughs> uh, sounds like a familiar story, actually. <laughs> so, even though you're going to buy a property as is, which means you're going to accept all defects and all problems, you should still do an inspection report because you want to know what some of those things are. And maybe make sure you have enough money to fix some of those things, right? Yes. Um, Inspection reports are not cheap. They're usually in the range of about $500. So you don't do them lightly, but uh, they are incredibly valuable. So recommendation, strong recommendation is make sure you put it into your offer, make sure you put it into your purchase and sale contract, and make sure you do an inspection. And again, we're happy to provide names of some inspectors that we've worked with in the past that we think are particularly good. So if you want to use our services, give us a call, 508-998-8858, and we can make some recommendations for you. So let's say now your mortgage is approved. Well, let's, let's talk about the mortgage process. How long does it take typically to get a mortgage approved? 30 days, probably. Oh, goodness. Um, at least that these days. I mean, I uh, we recently purchased a small condo, as you know, up in New Hampshire. And the mortgage process was uh, unbelievably difficult. Well, the quantity of paperwork that you have to go through today, um, you probably could lay yourself on the floor. And they could sprinkle all these papers over you, and they wouldn't discover you for a month. <laughs> Uh, It really is incredible. Lots of papers. Be prepared for a frustrating process when you apply for a mortgage. And if you work with an institution that can simplify it, um, God bless you, because it's really uh, very important. But you have to go through the mortgage process. Um, The bank is going to have an application fee. They may have their own appraisal fee that you have to pay. Um, Then they'll have a title search fee. So it's going to cost you some money to go through that process to satisfy the bank. Yes, and one thing that um, I want to point out is that if you are going after a mortgage, which most people are, the mortgage company, the lender, is going to be represented by an attorney. Most people use that attorney to represent them as buyer. Now, the interesting thing is you have to, to recognize that that attorney is representing the bank, not you. So there are many times when it would be important for you to have your own attorney, even as the buyer, uh, so that your rights and obligations are recognized. So let's assume, you know, doing this in a sort of a step-by-step fashion that you're, you're going through the mortgage application process, the bank has taken it to their committee, there's been appraised, they're satisfied with it, they've given you a commitment letter, You have to sign the commitment letter, too, because the bank doesn't want to go forward and order a title search until they know that you're ready to go forward and actually take down the mortgage. 
Yes, that whole end time frame um, from the time that you apply for the mortgage and get approved and actually close is usually very tense for everyone because the bank has to issue um, a lot of paperwork that has been required fairly recently by um, primarily by the the uh, Dodd Frank. Is that the name of it, Frank? Frank Frank, Frank Dodd. Yeah, I'm sorry, got that wrong. Um, act and there are all kinds of disclosures about lead paint and uh, polyurethane foam and all kinds of things that have to be signed and you have to get what's called a clear to close from the bank and waiting for that is pretty tense but you also need to do a title search yes that's why, part why of is it. it important to do a title search well, you're buying a piece of property that has a title. All real estate has title. And by title, it means who has some rights or obligations on that property. Who owns so, it? Beg your pardon? Who owns it? Who owns it? Who may have a lien against it? Who mm -hmm. may uh, have not discharged a mortgage in the past? All those sorts of things have to be brought up in a title search so that you know if you're the buyer, you're buying what's called clear title. There aren't any obligations other than the seller signing the deed to you. You also want to make sure the real estate taxes are paid as part of that process. You don't want to have any unpaid sewer liens, water liens, liens of any kind, and you want to make sure that real estate taxes are paid or will be cleared and paid at the time of the closing. Right. One thing that a buyer usually requests is a municipal lien certificate to prove all of those things. And sometimes that can take um, a week or two, depending upon the city or the town, to get a municipal lien certificate. Yep. So these things all take time. Along with smoke detectors and carbon monoxide detectors that are required and must be inspected. And the fire department all, doesn't always have immediate time to go out and do that. Now what about title insurance? Did somebody have title insurance? Do you recommend it? Absolutely. Um, even if the title has been searched, it's very important to, and, and relatively inexpensive to buy title insurance so that if anything should come up in the future and somebody comes out of the woodwork and says, oh, wait a minute, my grandmother left me three quarters of a, of a uh, position on that house and I want my money for it. So title insurance is very important. So what happens when you have a bank mortgage, the bank is going to require mortgage title insurance because the bank wants to be protected that if there were some defect in the title, the bank's mortgage is going to be covered and paid off. Yeah. Uh, if the house can't be sold or can't be foreclosed because there's some gap or defect in the title. So the bank always requires title insurance and you pay the premium because you're the borrower and that's one of the costs that you have to pay as a closing cost. But then they're going to offer you, and often they don't do this until right at the closing itself, would you like to have owner's title insurance as well? And the typical question is, well, what's it going to cost me? And then, well, it's an additional few hundred dollars, and people say, no, I don't think so. You should always get owner's title insurance. It's just as important. You know, I don't know if you remember, Tenny, a long time ago, there, were, uh, there was a period of a number of years when property in the town of Mashpee could not be sold, could not be mortgaged. The whole market was frozen for the sale and purchase of properties in Mashpee because of Indian claims. That's right. There were old Indian claims, and until that was resolved, it just brought it to a standstill. Yep. The other thing title insurance can do for you is if there is some 
Potential problem, but maybe it's not a big problem. Title insurance can specifically insure against that being a problem in the future for you. So that can make your property more saleable or more marketable. So don't neglect that cost. That's just as important as the advice to make sure you get a lawyer to represent you when you're buying or selling a house. When you're buying a property, make sure you have title insurance. What if you're a cash buyer? Should you have title insurance if you're a cash buyer? Almost more important, absolutely, yes. And the reason is because the bank is not searching the title, and the bank is not putting mortgage title insurance on. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Another thing that most people uh, are asked at closing whether they want and they absolutely should do is something called a homestead. We've talked about that before. But you really want to record a homestead on your property as soon as the deed is recorded. Yep, very good point. So that uh, you can protect your equity in that property. Let's say, for example, that you have concerns about liability. You don't want to drive a car without liability insurance. You don't want to have a home without having some liability insurance on your homeowner's policy. And the reason is if somebody falls on your property, there's a gap in your sidewalk and somebody trips and falls and breaks their wrist um, like Tanny did last (laughs) summer in New York, (laughs) Um, you want to make sure that there's insurance so that if there's a judgment against you, the insurance is going to take care of it. Homeowners, I mean, excuse me, a homestead is sort of like having a very inexpensive liability policy on your house. But homeowner's insurance is uh, now a requirement if you have uh, a mortgage. So uh, there are just so many things that go into a real estate transaction. It's something that you don't want to enter into without some representation, without some help. It's a very complicated process these days. So we we do a lot of things in our office in the nature of what we call one-stop shopping. Uh, Tenney and Mike Coleman run the law firm. Uh, Peter and I work on the financial side at USA uh, Wealth Group. Um, Peter also does the uh, Lance Family Insurance Agency. And he can also provide homeowner's insurance or give you a quote to compare with your current one. Give him a call at 508-998-8858. I have to give you a quotation from another president. You have to guess who this is. Insofar as government lands can be disposed of, I am in favor of cutting up the wild lands into parcels so that every poor man may have a home. Hmm. Has to be back in the old days. George. Oh, really? Was it? No kidding. George Washington? Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. Okay, I was going to say Thomas So isn't that an interesting concept for for today when you think about... Remember the old uh, 40 acres and a mule if you would go out and and homestead the land because they wanted to, to settle the west? Well, think of all the millions of acres of federal land that we have. Wow. Think of the fact that people can't afford to buy property today. Maybe we should go back to the old homestead concept again. And you won't give them a mule, but maybe you'll give them 40 acres and a tractor. I'm ready to buy borax. Yes. <laughs> right. And the mule the team. The old mule That's team. That's who sponsored it, right? <laughs> well, actually, I think it began with Abraham Lincoln. Maybe it did. That's We're right. showing our age, Phil. <laughs> no, but I wonder how many people listening can remember Borax. Oh, my goodness. And that long mule train oh, they had on sure. television in black and white. Oh, you bet. <laughs> if you're older than that and you've never seen black and white television, folks, we apologize. <laughs> 
Well, you know, Sandy, there's so much to talk about, but gosh, if you're listening today and you own a home and you don't have a homestead on it, it's really inexpensive to do. What does it cost, like $75 or $100 to do a homestead and then $35 to record in the registry? That's right. Yes, it's the cheapest insurance you can buy. And it protects you. It doesn't protect you against taxes and nursing home and medical bills, but it protects you against a lot of liability claims, and everybody should do it. Give Tenny a call. She'll help set that up for you, 508-998-8800. And we've talked a lot today about uh, being a buyer, but if you're a seller, almost more important to be represented by an attorney. Well, both sides, absolutely. Uh, very important. And um, watch out for scam letters. There's a scam letter that goes around periodically that says, it looks like an official letter, and it says, if you don't have a copy of your deed, we'll be happy to provide a copy of your deed for you from the C- Registry of Deeds. Certified. Certified copy of your deed, and it's either 75 or or $100. It's a scam. Oh, wow. For two bucks, you can get on the registry and get one yourself. Throw those letters in the basket, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen. <laughs> Good advice. Well, I want to wrap up basically and tell uh, Attorney Tenny Lance, thank you for being here. Peter had to leave a little bit early and depart, but we really appreciate – uh, you're listening every week, uh, folks. It's um, We have lots of things we'd like to teach and explain. Real estate is the biggest purchase or sale you're ever going to make. Do it properly. Thank you for listening. And um, if I had more time, I'd give you more quotes. <laughs> but all I can say at this point is... Happy spring. Happy yes. spring. If we ever get spring, uh, put a smile on your face. And there you go. We'll talk to you again in a week.